Today's episode of Civilized Barking is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, little pop quiz. Do you think Browns tickets are cheaper three weeks before the game or three hours before the game? You can find that answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you'd be sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app, and they've discovered the fastest, easiest way to get in. So download Game Time in the App Store or at Google Play. Work that clock to your advantage and score last-minute tickets. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our post-game edition of Civilized Barking. I'm Zach Jackson. I'm joined by Jason Lloyd and Pat McManaman. We are in the press box now, I don't know, 90 or so minutes in the aftermath of one of the strangest games I've seen. And as I look out of this stadium, I realize that's saying something. I was going to say, that's a bold statement. (laughs) Jason, part of me feels like I just watched four games, and part of me feels like I got no idea what I'm about to talk about, because how the hell do you explain some of the stuff that happened? Yeah, I we went from an incredible first quarter to uh, a, a fire drill in the middle with challenges and timeouts and penalties and and an ending that left me wondering what it is we just saw, not only today but through the first five games of the season. Yeah, there's a theme. Um, Pat, the Browns start touchdown, 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 and this is the NFL. You don't run anybody over. Teams make adjustments. And it's tough. Uh, but from there, man, it, it went bad. And, and, and let's talk about the officials later. Let's talk, let's get back into the weirdness later. Um, this offense is a tick off in every aspect except giving it to 24. And they just didn't get it done. Uh, no doubt about it. And after you say touchdown, 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 you go block punt, interception, interception, end of half, fumble, punt, turnover on downs. Uh, then you wind up in your last possession with an interception. It's really strange. They were, they were very fragile, it seems. The slightest thing goes wrong. Uh, all of a sudden, doubt creeps in, and all of a sudden, the fragility takes over, and they, and they can't seem to collect themselves and get it back together. Fragile is a good word. Uh, I think it fits there. It's a good word. Uh, when you go through that drive chart, <laughs> it does take every color of the rainbow to get to one three at home. <laughs> That's another thing. They've lost every game at home. Two of them, I mean, this one and, and – Tennessee were, were just bad, at least the Rams game. I feel like they had a chance at the yeah. end. But, man, this, it's inexplicable to me that you would have these offensive problems with not just Nick Chubb, but with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry at receiver. That just doesn't make sense. Look, the Seahawks are a good team, Jason. But if I'd have told you, and I hate to do this, but this is sometimes how you wade into this complicated discussion. If I'd have told you Chubb is, is going to beat Chubb and get to 122 and get his touchdowns and they're going to roll up 400 yards – Right, and then they're going to get Odell involved because he got 102. You would have said the Browns win and everybody's happy and everything would have been fine had they won the game. Yeah, instead they turned the ball over. I say five times because the block punt to me is a turnover. So when you have five turnovers, this is what happens. You put yourselves in this position to lose the game. You can't If you're up 20-6 to six in the first half, can't lose the game, period. Can't lose that game at home. Amen. And what's curious to me, when you talk about the 20 points, you talk touchdown, 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 by my rough math, that was 16 plays. Now, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, NFL teams script their first 15. 
Uh, maybe not the full 15, but definitely the first start. So it feels to me like the Browns get through their script of what they want to do to start the game, and then they all throw their hands up and say, okay, well, now what do we do? <laughs> and that's where things sort of unravel. That's something I heard almost verbatim in the Titans locker room five weeks ago. There you go. Once we got through the script, <clears throat> they were fine. Um, and the script worked, Pat. I mean, we saw the ball coming out of the quarterback's hands quickly. We saw a tempo. You know, did we see green? Did we see over-aggression? Or is the pass down there uh, into the first half that's behind Jarvis gets picked? Um, is that just a play that has to be made? Or, or does Freddie need to press the brakes there and say, let's let's chill out for a second? That That is an opportunity when you got three timeouts and there's time running out in the half. You can take your time a little bit more than maybe they needed to. They kind of went hurry up there, and you didn't really need to do that. You had time on your side. Now, does that lead to a pass that's a little behind Jarvis Landry? I don't know. I don't think so. But at the same time, that could be a time where you could sort of catch your breath and, and get things together. And to go to your guys' point about the start and the script and all that, 302 yards in the first half, 104 in the second. Uh, Baker Mayfield threw for 211 in the first half and had 38 on a hobbled, on a bad hip in the second half. So something went wrong. Something went south really quickly. Um, could could he, Baker even made a 25-yard throw? No, <laughs> doesn't look no. like it. Didn't look right. that way. Right. Didn't look that way. He was out. You, you know, he's out there gutting it out. Give him credit. Give him credit. Yes. I, I don't know that uh, he could have produced the kind of throw they may have needed on a game-winning drive. And look, um, again, the other guys get paid. Russell Wilson is, is just phenomenal. He's as advertised. You know, they're five and one. He hasn't thrown an interception. His quarterback rating is is through the roof. It's the combined quarterback rating of the thirty guys that have played in this stadium for the last <laughs> twenty-one years. Um, but the fact is, the defense—you're you're not going to shut teams out. But there's times you got to stand up. And early in the second quarter, they did that. You go block punt turnover. They only give up three points. Late in the second quarter, you just let them go down 88 yards like nothing. Right. And then in the second half, when the Browns did take the lead, they do get the two-point conversion. Did any of you doubt that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks were coming right back? Because I, I sure as no. hell didn't. No. No. We've seen that script too many times. He's too good of a quarterback. You just the, – the game felt when, – when they got it to 2018 at the half, the game felt very much in danger. And, of course, a, a game that's 28 to 18 at the half is going to feel that way. But it turned so fast. It went from 20 to 6, the Browns were in complete control, to all of a sudden it's 20 to 18, they had a chance to tie it going into the half. Seahawks get the ball to start the second half, and it just never felt like the Browns were in control at any point the rest of the way, at least not to me. And let's not forget on the Seahawks' uh, last game or the last touchdown drive, the Browns had two penalties, which helped Seattle's cause. Russell Wilson is a great player. He didn't start well, but he certainly finished well. Uh, the, the opposite was true with the Browns. And let's also forget when the Browns did get a good run on their first play on their last drive, they get a holding penalty. So here again, we're talking about penalties. We're talking about not being smart. We're talking about silly, silliness that just shouldn't be happening over and over and over again. This team – is not getting better. And that's what I'm writing. And when we're done with this podcast, I don't see, we're talking about the same thing after the sixth game that we're talking about after the first game with penalties. And and at times the offense looks better. Yes. Particularly when they give it to Nick Chubb, but any sort of progress they're making is mitigated either by penalties or by defensive collapses. I don't see progress. Maybe, maybe I'm missing it. I, from, from a week to week, I don't see I don't see much difference in this team from week one to where they are today. Well, that's a hell of a statement you just made, Jason, and I think it's partially true. I'm going to challenge you on a couple points. Go ahead. 
And, and you're right. Uh, in the scheme of things, um, it, it's hard to find many positives. However, don't you think the pass offense was much better today yes. than for most of the year? And, it, and at Baltimore, it looked good. Right. Don't you think the offensive line for most of today was much better? Yes. Than and again, we already pointed out the defensive inconsistencies. I thought it was the first time they really missed their corners. You know, I, I thought. I thought last week they missed them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, the 49ers were just running the, like the old Army offense, and the Browns were just kind of standing around waiting to get back on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so, not that there's anything wrong with that. Let, I mean, let's the, what you bring up is accurate, but let, it's not there consistently. And that's well, sure. the mark of a good team. I, I would say this, because what did we say last Monday night or Tuesday morning or whatever the hell it was? <laughs> One guy showed up tonight, and it was Jamie Gillen, yep. right? And so the reason I can't completely argue with you when you say they're not getting better is there is no, no area that's consistent. Well, the biggest concern for me, actually, I asked Freddie that, is do you see progress? Do you see improvement? He said he sees it in the game prep during the week, and oh, my God in heaven, what were oh, they doing the first couple of weeks? That was a really alarming quote. And there are two ways to read that, okay? The first one, which you just mentioned, which is admitting that the game prep was really bad. Yes! <laughs> to, to start with. <laughs> but the second kind of lends itself to excuse-making or to a larger problem in that, okay, the prep's there. The touchdown, touchdown, touchdown start is there. Like, is it adjustments? Is it – we hear them say execution and turnovers. Well, we all see that. Yeah. My mom sees that, right? She, she knows more football than I do sometimes. But, you know, what it, – it, it, I just – like I said, and it's not 21 seasons of covering the Browns. It's you just watch how the Seahawks operate, and you know when they're going to get a touchdown. And from huddle to huddle, I'm not sure what I'm getting from this Browns team. And that, to me, would constitute a huge lack of progress and the exact alarm you mentioned in that you can't say they're getting better if they're not playing consistently. And, and again, you know, I said earlier, any, any uh, yes, we've seen progress in the past game. Yes, absolutely. But it's mitigated by some of the turnovers that they have, and it's mitigated by some of these defensive collapses that, you know, no one was praising Steve Wilkes louder than I was after the Rams game and saying, look what he's done with all these injuries. Look at the scheme that they put together. And the last two weeks, you can't say that. Last week, obviously, they just they, it unraveled. They just quit at the end of the first half on the Callaway pick. And then today – you just they they couldn't get the stop. They got the turnover. They got the one fumble and turnover. But in the fourth quarter, they couldn't get the stop when they needed it. So any sort of progress is mitigated by a leak somewhere else. I would agree. Um, crazy league, competitive league. In the first two games, you know you're feeling things out. Bounces go a certain way, and we know bounces and calls are not going the Browns' way, Pat. <laughs> but it's alarming when you don't get that stop when you need it to pick the other side up. It's alarming when you're breaking the huddle down at the goal line and no one in the stadium is sure <laughs> what's going on. It's alarming when the quarterback's getting the snap knocked out of him, as has been the case for most of the season. And, again, I thought the offensive line played well. I thought the Browns played 27 minutes of really good football. And then it just – what happened there at the end of the half just was foreshadowing for the next 33 and pretty much leads to what we've been saying, which is this is – Disappointing and, and and let's call. I mean, let's and, call it like it is. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, yes, I was just going to say. Can we get to the Baker conversation? Let's let's call it like it is. How many interceptions does he have this year? We got eleven interceptions. In you go into you had last season's ending game in Baltimore when he did play well through for what three seventy six, but he had three there, so that's fourteen picks in his last seven games. That's not a good. 
uh, ratio by any stretch of the imagination. And you could say all you want. People were giving it to me on Twitter. Oh, they're bouncing off receivers' hands, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. They still count. They're interceptions. And quite frankly, as you pointed out, the pass to Landry in the end zone was behind him. Uh, the pass to Hilliard at the end of the game was a little bit behind him. Probably catchable, but this, in the same time, then you compound it with the fact that, like you say, they're not getting the breaks. The balls are bouncing in the other team's hands. But at the same time, good teams kind of make their own breaks, and that's not happening right now with the Browns. Right. I, I mean, Jason, I said this all week, and, and I say it again. The schedule gets lighter. This team has time to gel, but they are not playing winning football. No. I think, I, first of all, I think Baker Mayfield's going to be a very good quarterback in the NFL for a number of years to come. I haven't wavered on that one inch. But he's regressed this year. Both can be true. Both can be true. And both are true. He's clearly reg- – you know, I remember going back to when I was on campus last year at Oklahoma and I was talking to Kenneth Murray, the middle linebacker at Oklahoma who played with Baker, and Murray said anytime Baker threw an interception in practice, it's like practice stopped. Everybody stopped and looked at each other like, oh, my God, Baker just threw an interception. And a lot of times it was a tip ball or deflection or something like that. People weren't picking him clean. We don't see that guy anymore, and I understand college and the NFL is different, but he, he, he handled it very well, obviously, last year. Something is different this year. I don't know what it is. I don't think anyone's figured it out. If they did, they would have fixed it by now. But he is regressing, and that doesn't mean he can't have a terrific NFL career. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a wonderful quarterback for this town for years to come, but he's regressed over where he was last year. And he's certainly not playing West Virginia anymore. <laughs> um, and this is another quality opponent in the NFL that they don't get it done against. Baker has 211 passing yards in the first half, finishes with 249. And great, the execution, so much of it. It's timing, it's blocking, it's seeing a guy, it's completing it. And we we saw passes go off hands all day, early on until the very last pass with Dontrell yep. Hilliard. Yep. But, Pat, the throws have to be better and the catches have to be made. They, they are just – the other teams are consistently making the plays and the Browns are not making them. I, I wonder. I don't know anything. Uh, there's no information. And the Browns don't have to say a word about an injury if a guy practices. So, you know, they're not breaking any rule. I still wonder if there's some issue he's dealing with that's affecting things. I, that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up. I believe – and I've been wrong before – I believe that teams do not screw with the injury report anymore. I believe that it's so much has come around through the years. It's why Belichick mocks it by putting Tom Brady with a shoulder injury that dates back to 2006 (laughs) on it every week. I believe if Baker had a broken rib or a shoulder issue or something, all of these theories that have been presented in barbershops and sports radio shows and and right here on this podcast, (laughs) I believe they would list him on the injury report or give him a day off because I think that most teams in almost every case – if a guy sits out one play of practice, they do what they're supposed to unless him is limited. But we did see him in some discomfort against Tennessee. We saw him in discomfort in San Francisco. He came out of the game, or he didn't go, come out of the game. He had to go in the locker room today for some kind of attention. And it was pretty obvious in the fourth quarter he was laboring out there. It was it was not easy for him to move. Well, right. And again, well, do today, we know? We saw the hit, though, in the third quarter. Yeah. Could, yeah. He have, could he have thrown a 20-yard pass? We're all wondering that. So maybe something's going on that's affecting him. Now, you know. And is that an excuse? No. If you're out there playing, you got to play. But at the same time, it could be affecting. And I thought that was true last year as well, if you want to go back to last year, when he rolled his ankle on, on that wet turf or on that wet tarp against the Chargers. And he just didn't look himself for a few weeks after that. And I believe, if memory serves, he got to the bye, felt like he got a little bit healthier. And he kind of, you know, remember Baker got off to a hot start, kind of plateaued a little bit for a few weeks and finished really strong. 
clearly, I think the bye week comes at a good time for him for no other reason than that. We saw him when he left the tunnel, when he came back out on the field, and he made a couple of, of throws, and he just sat down gingerly. Just the way that he sat on the bench, it just looked like something was bothering him. We didn't think he was coming back in the game. Garrett Gilbert grabs his helmet. Baker's sitting on the bench, and Garrett Gilbert puts his helmet on. Zach, I tell you, Gilbert just grabbed his helmet. I think I think Gilbert's coming in the game. So the fact even Baker came in, came back, I think was a little bit of a surprise. Brown signed a quarterback to the practice squad on Friday. Yes. Um, sometimes you're just taking a look at a guy. Sometimes you just want a guy in there for, for some reason. It's why teams sign kickoff return specialists and left-footed punters and you know, certain uh, developmental tight ends of the practice squad all the time. Or maybe they already knew that whatever practice they do this week, which will only be once or twice, that they knew they were only going to have one quarterback available. And, and maybe they knew that they're really, you know, it's a high-risk thing to carry to this in this league anymore, the way quarterbacks go down. So maybe maybe they know something's going on that they need a third, and, it, and it's time to, to not be as risky as they have been. Pat, you mentioned discomfort. Jason, question for you. What kind of discomfort you think John Dorsey's in when he watches these games? <laughs> a lot. How could you not be? You know, and again, I was just having this conversation with somebody downstairs that, you know, John came into this season with a with a list, not in the not the season. He came into this job with a list of candidates that he wanted it to be his head coach. Freddie Kitchens was not on that list. He said as much. And he went with the guy Baker wanted, which you can question whether or not it's worth putting that much trust into a rookie quarterback. But he went with the guy Baker wanted. He went with the guy that wowed him with the play calling. And he gave Freddie Kitchens more responsibility than he's ever had in his life. And we have seen both the good, bad, and the ugly. We've seen it all already through the first six games of the season because of it. We have um, quick hits on the positives, and then I, I know where I want to go here. Uh, Nick Chubb is, is just a really good player. He is such a rare blend of size and speed, of balance and vision, power. Um, the Browns send out notes, and I've been laughing about this for 21 seasons, see the game notes they have to send after a loss. <laughs> Most rushing yards for a Browns running back in the first six weeks of a season, the first five, no surprise, are a guy named Jim Brown, Nick Chubb's sixth. Yeah. You know, uh, one prediction I'm going to get right, I feel like, is 12, the 12-12 12 and 12 club, 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns. That means you're a producer. That means you're a freaking bowling ball. Okay. The guy's uh, tremendous. He is that. Odell got this to 100. Um, that's a big deal. And Miles Garrett, you know, um, he's he's fighting for the lead, league lead in sacks. He's maybe not impacting on every play, but I don't think he's not playing hard. And also, like, he is closing down plays. I mean, Russell Wilson has such feel, and there was at least one time where Russ thought he was clean, and boom, Miles was there, and the play was over. And I'll say this about Nick Chubb. Uh, he was – they did grab his face mask on that fourth down run when they did not score. The refs missed it. Uh, afterward, I asked him, "Did you? Did he grab you?" He said, "Yeah, he got me. He got me in the face." I said, "Well, do you blame that this on the refs?" He says, "No. If, we, if I get in the end zone, there's no discussion about a face mask. So it's on me for not scoring. That's the kind of attitude you gotta like. The guy who takes it on himself. And I will say, generally, the Browns as a whole, you know, there were complaints. They didn't like a lot of calls. And I know you're gonna talk about officials, but I, don't, I didn't hear." Any of them blaming the officials for the loss. They blame themselves. Let's um, do the positional report card later in the week because we got a bye week. And, and thank you guys for listening to Civilized Bargain, first of all. Uh, subscribe, download, share. Um, and we don't know exactly what the schedule is going to be for the next 12-ish days with the bye week, but we will let you know. And we appreciate you listening. Um, but I think it's important that we, we share our things we see and hear here that 
that we get to see being in the stadium that a lot of people don't. So, Jason, you were down there for a long time. You were were you in Freddie's presser or were you in the locker room? Presser. I was okay. in Freddie's presser. Uh, it was a little contentious. He looked like a beaten man and talked like one too. He's yeah, it's been that way for a while. Yeah. <laughs> After a lot of these losses, he he sort of looks that way. And, you know, you mentioned the penalties earlier. Uh, I'm, I'm, yes, there were some terrible blown calls on this game. Yes. It's not why they lost the game. That's not an excuse for why they lost the game. Again, you're up 20-6 to six in the first half. you got to win that game. They had five turnovers, and they blew a 14-point lead. That's why they lost the game. It wasn't the officiating that cost them the game. Pat, you were down there. Uh, what you see? What you hear that, that sticks out from the uh, forty or so minutes after the game? Uh, dismay, and I will point to one guy especially who showed it, and that was Jarvis Landry. I think he was dressed and out of the locker room before most of the media even was starting to get into file into Freddie's press conference. I kind of followed him out to his car just to see if you know you could get to chat with him a little bit. Very polite, you know, wasn't mean, brusque or anything, and just politely said not, not today, and and then apologized. And I think that. Right there was the emotion. He got a brutally bad call on that, what they call a crackback block. I mean, guy runs into him, and he's called for that. That was terrible. He also probably scored, and they didn't overturn it on replay, probably because they didn't have an angle. But let's be honest, we got a, a team that has Nick Chubb averaging 5.3 a carry. You got Odell Beckham and Landry outside. You got a quarterback who was the darling of the league and Cleveland at the end of last season, and did anyone – we might have thought they'd start two and four, but I don't think any of us envisioned these offensive issues that they've shown so far. Yeah, and you just and just today, like three and three would just not erase, but man, it would just make you forget about those other losses, and you'd feel like everything was great. But instead, you're two and four, and all this is right in your face because you did it the same way. You didn't finish. You just turned the ball over. When it comes down to needing to play, the play's not being made. <laughs> yeah, and I will challenge you a little bit on the schedule. It does ease up at some point, but let's. I'm talking way down the road. Way down the road. All right. Yeah. You yeah, got New England, then you go to Denver, right? Then you come home to play Buffalo. Then you come home to play Buffalo. That all of a sudden that doesn't look then so easy. Then you've been on a short week. You play Steelers team you've beaten three times in 50 years. Exactly. So you know they they can't afford many more of these losses. That it probably I don't know. You think 10 wins wins the uh, AFC North, or is it going to be nine? I thought it's going be nine or 10. But how how in the world could you watch this team and think they get eight? Well, because of the end of the year schedule. Yeah, because the schedule, that's the well, only thing. You just thing. said, look at the next three Right, games. exactly. Look at the way they're playing. I've said all along, I, I thought two and five was a very, very real possibility. And, and the that's Bengals and Dolphins are both historically bad. I'll, I'll grant you that. That's three games. I'm telling you guys a story. Speaking Uh-oh. of. So, always, like, there's always bizarre results early in a season, right? And there's always a period of finding yourself. And today I'll say this. I watched the collection of talent on this offense, and I think if they can get their stuff together in November, maybe it can be different. But the plays have to be made. I was talking to a friend of mine. I don't know if this was week three or week four, who's coached in a league for a long time, doesn't coach here, obviously. And so I don't see all his team's games. He obviously doesn't see the Browns' games. He's, his team has not played the Browns yet or doesn't next week. And we're kind of talking. His team was, was one of the ones at a slow start, same point as the Browns. And I said, what do you think? And he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, part of me thinks that we're a lot better than people think. If we get a couple things going, if we make a couple plays, we're going to be okay. I said, okay. And he goes, and part of me thinks we might be 1 of 15. (laughs) (laughs) I said, all right, and that's the final. That's life in the NFL. On third down, convert. When the guys running on the sideline, catch the ball. And when you're in the red zone, score touchdowns. Don't settle for field goals. Certainly don't throw picks and give up 88-yard drives. 
I got nothing else to say. Thanks for listening to Civilized Barking. Again, the bye week is coming. Uh, we appreciate you reading and listening. And uh, before we have another podcast, when we have things figured out for the bye week, we will share that. So thank you all. Uh, keep the faith, I guess. And we'll talk to you soon. For Pat and for Jason, I'm Zach. Talk to you next time on Civilized Barking. Thank you.